that is rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the Survivor podcast that sneaks beef jerky in through its pants. I am your host, Stephen Levine, here with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how you doing? Um, I'm okay. You know, uh, to get personal for a second, I have depression. And some days are good, and most days are good. Some days are bad. Today's not a good brain day. But I'm here doing this, and I'm happy to be doing this, and that's... Uh, I feel like people should talk more candidly about mental health stuff so that people don't feel so alone. So just throw that out there. There you go. Yeah. I call it spicy brain. The spicy brain? The spicy brain. Is that like spicy water? It's like spicy water, oh, yes. okay. Got it. It's a uh, carbonated brain. <laughs> that sounds not healthy. Why? <laughs> I, I'm not even going to go into it because I, I feel like your brain cannot last too long in a carbonation atmosphere. Yum, yum. Prions. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, Steven. Go on. Throw all ethics out. Pretend that this is, you know, like, create whatever scenario you need in your head to make it ethical. Okay. Would you try human being? As a meal, obviously. Um, <laughs> I probably would not hmm. unless I had to. I was, I was listening to a podcast about, oh, I know it's famous, and I know, The Donner Party about the Donner Party, who famously had crossed the, back in like the 1700s, the 1600s, had to cross over, was doing the Oregon Trail, and just through all the struggles and the worst blizzard that it recorded at the time, like eventually some of them had to eat each other, and all of them were traumatized. All of them were just not okay. Yeah, you don't bounce back from that. But, like, you would, like, curiosity wouldn't make you... Again, it's, like, taking the ethics, like, mm -hmm. if, if, whatever lab-grown human or, like, whatever the... I, in any way I try to phrase this, it's a dystopian <laughs> nightmare. Yeah. But in this hypothetical world where it is ethical. I don't... I don't think so, but I don't know. I'm, I am a curious person, so okay. I could see a way where I'm like, oh, maybe. If you had to, what would, like... What meat would you start with? Like what area of the body? Yeah. I, I mean, you would want to go for like something meaty. So you want like a, a bicep or a thigh. I'll say, well, my bicep's too muscly, right? I feel like you'd want like a butt. Like that's what a steak is. It's cow butt. Right? I'm not a butcher. I mean, there's lots of different cuts of, of steak. I don't know. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, there's a lot of different cuts of human too. Oh no. Hey, listen, Jeffrey Dahmer's so hot right now. I'm just trying to, you know, get us up those charts by talking about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> I don't like that. I, but whatever. Makes sense to me. Uh, yeah. I'm just going to go ahead and get us started with the episode. Please. So we can stop talking about eating people. I don't know how we got here. Cool. <laughs> Bumper. All right. So, um... Fun fact, this episode only came out three days uh, after the previous episode because it was after Super Bowl Sunday and they normally aired on Wednesdays. Um, so not a whole lot happened. I had to grab some more obscure facts. Same song. Uh, it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> but uh, 
Thousands of student protesters in Indonesia storm parliament and demand that President uh, ooh, Abdurrahman Wahid resign due to alleged involvement in corruption scandals. So okay. a change in their government. And uh, in the Netherlands, a Scottish court, I have a question there, um, convicts a Libyan man and equates another for their part in the bombing of Pan Am Flight 103, which uh, had crashed into Scotland in 1988. Maybe like a hog or something? Hag? I don't know. Um, some type of international court. There was just a couple of small international incidents that never popped up, would never really pop up in history, but I think they're kind of neat, and I needed something for on this day when there was only three days between episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, with that kind of a turnaround, there's almost it's almost impossible to, to find something like that. It's kind of amazing that like something interesting has happened every week for a while. At least yeah. marginally interesting. Yeah. Uh, Couple of things. Mail. We got mail. Lots of mail. Oh, oh. Um, I shouldn't say lots of mail. It's it's two people. Uh, Josh, our patron saint, uh, second behind BB. Uh, Josh helped us out with some information that we asked, or things that are retcons from that I said or that were asked, and I took a wild guess. Uh, Jeff does not start hosting reunions until season five. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, that was nowhere near in my brain. Wow. So. Big props on that one. Purple Rock doesn't show up until season four, although okay. the rules are changed significantly after season four. Uh, and this I'm going to preface with, there's so much information out there that some of which I'm not sure what's true. Mm. It's You can dig up all the message boards are still there from like 2000s era. Wild. Um, Josh states that Wigglesworth was asked back for All-Stars, but declined and was replaced with someone else. Yeah. There's, that takes back some of my righteous rage. <laughs> there's just, uh, there's a lot of information and not a lot of it is accurate or it's not complete. So sometimes when you find things, it's not exactly correct. Sure. Or kind of correct. Life is nuanced and these are, you know, this is a, a show that's been on for 20 years with a lot going on in the background. That being said, I will continue to have strong opinions based on whatever information is presented to me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we also got some some thoughts in uh, from Carl. Carl sent in so much information, and I love this. I'm not saying that uh, I'm not saying that there's a lot of information for you to be like, oh no, I need to condense it. Send us a lot of information. That's great. I just can't read it all on the podcast because it will take us a long time. Yes, so many so many interesting thoughts about Rich being wild steps ahead of everyone. He agrees with you that was the step down for the finale challenge where he was standing on the to or on the, the log. Mm. He says that was the move. And if he would not have been, or if he would have tried to win and possibly won, he wouldn't have won survivor. Yeah, that's true. Uh, what else we got here? Yeah. Agrees with us about the, the F and F thing being just, absolutely out there and absolutely crazy hey uh if you disagree with us if you think fnf is a perfectly fine thing to call someone we don't really want you listening and part of our community so <laughs> yeah good yeah and then like this is kind of what i'm saying where like here's another information where uh he's saying jenna had kelly spot on all stars because producers wanted someone from pagong to be there uh, so like there's so much information out there that I don't know exactly what's true so I'm not going to say oh this person's right this person's right I just want to present all these facts to or things as, what people are saying and as you and I know being in the theatrical television worlds all that 
Um, the, the decisions that usually go into casting are many. Um, it is usually, I mean, I know that it, it, you know, this isn't a show about talent per se, but you know, if you're doing like acting jobs, it's not usually the most talented person who gets the role. Uh, it's a cliche, but it's there for a reason. It's usually, you know, there's a million other reasons why you need someone that, you know, fits the costume or yada, 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 less applicable for Survivor, but there's still a million other reasons why they cast the people they cast that we will never know. Yeah. Uh, and my favorite line of it, these multiple emails, we do a little bit of back and forth. At the very end, Jerry about to be America's most hated woman in the next episode. Let's go. Really? I mean, yes. Jerry is grating on people. And Okay, well, let's, let's get into the episode let's get before into we the talk episode. about all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, jumping in. Episode two, Suspicion. I mean, this is all, but this is the survivor murder mystery that we needed. Yes. So thank you. I hope you have an answer at the end. To, oh. If it's true or not. I do have, I do have an answer. Yes. Okay, great. Kind of. Uh, before we get into it, uh, the two names, and I, I remember saying I was going to look it up, and then I didn't. Mm-hmm. Ogakor means alligator. They've had an alligator on their flag. Makes sense. Yeah. And Kucha is kangaroo. They've had a kangaroo on their flag. Both, Makes sense. Both in Aborigines. Ab- sure. Aboriginal? Aborigines? Uh, my brain says Aborigines, but... The that... language of the Aboriginal people. Correct. Yeah. Yes, is the answer. Uh, yes. Jumping right in. <laughs> the recap. Oh, they do the recap. There's plenty of Kimmy's mouth to go around is a direct quote <laughs> from Jeff. Yeah. I was a little shocked to see that happen. And the the full thing was there wasn't much food to go around, but there was plenty of Kimmy's mouth to go around. He could have just said there's plenty of Kimmy to go around. Yeah. That that could have been a better way to phrase that, Jeff. I don't yeah, it, it's it was so grating. <laughs> it was so I don't know why it hurt my ears so much to hear that. It it was just not not how you do that. No. Um yeah, and it's our first look at the intro, or the the theme song for this season. Yes. Same theme song, but they add elements from the area. They added didgeridoos. They mm-hmm. added small little motifs to make it significantly different from first season. And yeah. I thought, mm, I wish I wish it was still here. I wish we had more. Rest in peace, Survivor intro. Yeah. Oh, and they had great use of the scenery, too. It was a lot of beautiful shots. Well, the outback is so gorgeous. Yep. It's deadly as hell. Yep. But it is beautiful. I also <laughs> don't think we understand or, or, you know, appreciate how big Australia is. It's, it's a it's lot. It's huge. Uh, I need to find a reference. Like, I saw a map referencing how, like, where, te- like, how, like, Texas in relative size to Australia. And it you could fit, like, seven or eight Texases in there. I was like, oh, my God. Okay. And a lot of that is not habited. <laughs> yeah, but if you think like reverse logic, then also there are so many Australias that could fit into the United States. Yeah, it's just the way this is a whole nerd rabbit hole I won't go down into, but the way that the farther things are away from the equator, the more the the smaller they are. Oh yeah. So I, we m- see it and it doesn't look as big. Map making is a disaster because you're trying to fit a globe onto a flat piece of paper and it does not work that way. And depending on how you want to make the map, it skews the perspective one way or another. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to. You can either uh, keep relativity, keep size, or there was one more that I forget. But yes, you're not going to get a good flat map. Yeah. So all that to say, that back is 
beautiful. It's a lot more beautiful than Borneo. Borneo is also beautiful, but I've seen plenty of Survivor on islands. Seeing yeah. it in such a alien landscape is really cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, jumping in, right away we start talking food. Scoopin is making rice and puts food on the fire like immediately when he wakes up, thinking now, he's doing something, like doing a favor for his tribe. Uh-huh. Scoopin's the one who got arrested for child pornography? Correct. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. This whole intro was so <laughs> creepy. I thought I was watching the Jeffrey Dahmer specials because it's just like, he's like, and, and part of it is on the crew because they're, I think they're filming him while he's fishing. Yeah. And he's giving this like monologue. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to be quiet because he's fishing, but the camera's super close to him and he's like, I was here to help get the rice but they did not appreciate it and i'm like oh i don't i don't like the smeagol shit that's going on <laughs> with the child predator allegedly allegedly did he go to jail for it i mean he did go to jail then i'm gonna say allegedly or <laughs> at least on probation and was listed as a registered as convicted a i have to say allegedly perfect. sure um yeah it, that that whole and it's why is he the leader of their tribe <laughs> I mean, he is the self-appointed leader of the tribe. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Makes rice first thing in the morning. Thought he was helping. He just leaves it, like puts the rice on and then walks away. Yep. Which is a terrible way to make. I don't know if you've ever made rice. Oh, just like, many times. Yeah. It's, it's not hard. No, but like you have to be attentive yeah. or at least watching your water because if, you, if you're doing it right, water is the most important part. You have to get the measurements and the proportions correct. Otherwise, you're just like, you have soup. Or like what they had there, it was mush. It was yeah. all mush. Yep. Two parts water, one part rice. Boil for like 20 to 25 minutes and you're good. <laughs> nope. Too much water. Leaves it. Goes fishing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't understand why everyone's thanking him and declaring him the second coming of Christ. Yeah. Uh, just absolute disaster. Uh, oh, yeah. And then he, he talks about being like in nutrition and working in nutrition and then he's like i know what this is doing to my body they don't understand like trying to defend that he was making food and other people were like you shouldn't have done that like we have to ration this imagine being so far up your own ass that you think you should be explaining to other people that they should be hungry <laughs> you should be eating food yeah we know but we have to conserve our food because this is 42 days. Uh-huh. And, and and he's trying to supplement that by like going fishing and like, oh, I'll help them out that way. Um, Mike, out, you know, even if I didn't know what I know about him, mm -hmm. is I would not like him. He's so weird. He's like putting himself in this... Uh, well, we'll get to the leadership stuff. But he's just... He's just trying to, like, run the whole tribe. He's being very controlling and micromanagey, and I don't know how they put up with it. Yeah. I... I don't know if they're going to for very long. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, had they lost, it would have been a, a quick exit for Scoopin. Uh, we, we flip over to the other side. Same idea. Uh, Kel is fishing, and everyone sits in the river to relax. So you just have... You have two very different, uh perspectives here one person so desperately trying to like find their place in the tribe trying to be the provider mm -hmm. kind of like what scoopin is doing trying to be like oh let me lead you lead you to the promised land yeah we, we brought back the fish economy he's yeah. like if i can fish they won't get rid of me yeah 
And then everyone is like, dude, just like, you're not going to get fish out of there. I do, I do appreciate the, the pan from Survivor where like, there's no fish in that river. And then they pan into the river and there's blatantly fish like under the, under the, the logs. Yeah. Yeah. So Kel was right about that. Kel is right about that. But yeah, no, they went to what they called the family whirlpool. Yeah. Which is the new mud volcano. It is. In the, case you didn't know. It is the new mud volcano, but it, it's just a nice little small riverbank. It's got tiny little rapids that are flowing over. but like, Probably like two feet deep. Yeah. It's just a nice little place for them to sit in water and play. Yeah. And cool off. Yeah. It's, it, it's great. Because this is the other thing we don't... I don't know when this was filmed, but, you know, we're, we're probably looking at sometime in the fall fall winter except the seasons are flipped in australia correct so they're spring summer uh-huh. so it is hot as hell or at least it's gonna get hot as hell possibly i'm we, not gonna do that math on the fly but, but i'm gonna let you go ahead and make that choice well because like if we're in september october if we, if we say we they film sometime around there because uh-huh. contestants have seen season one yeah then, then it's spring they're heading into summer yeah april may Sure. In the northern hemispheres. Yes. So a good place for them to cool off and not overheat. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that... I haven't seen anything to suggest that heat is a problem at this point. Uh, there might be. There might be yeah. something coming. I might have just imagine that. Yeah, we'll find out. Uh, <laughs> we get into the reward challenge, and the, the note suggests that you're going to be jumping off off something uh and immediately roger is nervous and roger has every right to be nervous because roger just learned how to swim before coming on the show how do they keep finding people that don't know how to swim yeah it's i think they do it to make it interesting because that has to be a question that they ask like they they absolutely have to ask that question like do you know how to swim would you be comfortable in swimming in open water or yeah yeah, I'm sure they ask that. And I'm, I hope that, like, you know, Roger and last season Jervis, like, aren't lying about that. But then, like, why do they have to work in a swimming challenge so early? <laughs> Survival of the fittest, baby. Uh, yeah. Oh. Just just hand the reward over to uh, Ogakor. Yeah. Just don't even make him play for it. And uh, to add insult to injury, he is also afraid of heights. He, <laughs> he states that he wouldn't even want to ride a Ferris wheel. So, this is bad. This is not good for you, sir. No. <laughs> and it's not like... He's, he's, he's an older guy. Uh, it's not like he's, he's not had the opportunities to do these things. He's <laughs> chosen not to. Yeah. Uh, poor man. Poor man. Pausing. Yeah, so they... They jump into the challenge, and it is. It's cliff jumping. They have to jump into open water, kind of. It's it's like a, a lake with a river attached, uh, or maybe it's just... It's like a waterfall that turns into a river, but yeah. there's a basin. Yeah, so they have to jump into the water, unhook a crate, and then swim it down the river and bring it to a base camp or whatever they decided to call that. Except in classic uh, old Survivor Challenge fashion, it's super clunky in that everyone has to jump off the cliff 
yeah. one by one. Yep. They can't jump until the first until the person in front of them has swam out and touched the crate, and then they can jump. And I just kept thinking, I was like, if this was a modern challenge, there'd be something for everyone else to do in the meantime. I didn't mind that. I thought th- I wrote down that this is a cool challenge that is terrible to watch. That's fair. I think that this is really interesting and poses some cool dynamics. You're right. There should have been comeback mechanics, but we don't get there. No. Um, It's so interesting. And uh, before we get too far into it, the game is called Butch Cassidy. Do you understand that reference? I know it's an old TV show. It's a character from an old TV show. Um... There are people who probably like classics and are yelling <laughs> at their speakers right now. Yeah. But I am drawing a blank. Um, uh, I want to say it's like a bad boy. He's like a bad boy. Um, kind of looks like a bank robber. Uh, in our my brief Google search here, I'm assuming, without getting too far into this, that... Oh, has been... Dramatized in film. Yeah, I'm assuming he jumps off a cliff at some point to, like, either get away or in his death. I'm sure that reference was cool in 2001. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. We're not that cool. No. <laughs> We're quite lame. Yeah, but I I did clock that they, in the editing, they tried to make Roger look more afraid than he actually was. Mm. Like, when he's standing up on top of the rock... They do this thing where they they show the team at the box, like at the crate in the water. And they're like, come on, Roger. You got it, Roger. I believe in you, Roger. And it shows him like pensive looking at the water. Like they were trying to hint that he is just like frozen up there and he's not going. But it's clearly footage from earlier when he's watching. Yeah. So the survivor's trying to pull a fast one here. I noticed that too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's it fine. He he jumps in. He's it's telling a narrative that's true. He's nervous. It's yeah. just dramatizing a little bit. Yeah. And like he, he still can't swim very well. He No, he, Mike actually went back for him. Yeah. He does fine. If it weren't for him being timed, yeah. he would have been okay. But, and because the challenge has no comeback mechanic, nothing yep. like a puzzle for a, that would take a team some time so that you have some drama at the end, uh, Kucha gets ahead off of that delay and mm-hmm. runs away with it. Yeah. They they unhook the crate, they ride it down a a, a heavier rapids than they were playing in before, but still yes. still not it doesn't look dangerous. It doesn't look dangerous. It they definitely didn't have control over their body going no. down it at all times. And that was that was a little problematic. I did notice that they got hit by the crate a little bit as they were going down. They're getting hit by the crate. They're getting hit on the rocks, but it was pretty slow moving. Yeah. It was more of, it seemed like more of a nuisance than like a, oh no, this is going to like actually hurt them. Yeah. And again, this feels like a challenge that they had to uh, edit it to make it look closer than it actually was. Yeah. It it seems like Ogakor was just running away with it because <laughs> Roger can't swim. Yep. So they they carry their crate, they open it up, uh, or sorry, Jeff tells them to open it up, and it's full of wet blankets, because, of course, it's wet blankets. They, they were all in a wooden crate in the water. Yeah, he's like, sealed in there, and I was like, they're not going to be very well sealed, are they? I don't think 
Christmas. They person. were not. No, they were all wet. <laughs> I think I said in the, a couple sentences ago that Kucha runs away with it. I meant I meant Ogakor. If you did, I didn't notice. All right. So we get back to camp and Chef Keith. Is, Chef Keith can't make rice. Yeah, it's, Chef Keith is called out for making bad rice. Which is, okay, this is weird. Because we get a bunch of confessionals of people saying how bad the rice is and how much they hate it. Uh-huh. And then at Tribal, no one says that they hate it, which is also social. It's in front of everyone. Sure. Um, but not even like the, not even like a pensive like, yeah, you know, it was it was not my favorite thing or anything like that. Like nobody even like going halfway with Jerry. They're all just like, well, eh, rice is rice. Yeah, but this is what Carl was talking about, where Jerry is the most outspoken person in this cast. By a, oh, Keith. Oh, sorry, Carl from our emails. Not, ah, yes. Hi, not, Carl. Thank you for listening. Not from the show. <laughs> uh, that's where he's saying Jerry is about to become the, one of the most hated people. And Jerry will like continue to push the, the opinionatedness or like calling people out in front of their faces, in front of everyone. Uh, and like, it's just something that happens. Uh, so Jerry calls him out a little bit. And instead of like, hoping he's going to get better. Jerry then uses this fuel to make her own food. Jerry uses, which again, you don't see this in later seasons. They give flour mm-hmm. uh, and Jerry uses the flour and water to make little nice tortillas. Yeah. People seem to like them. I think it, it's a brilliant idea. And I don't know if they had flour in Borneo. If they did, then they had a missed opportunity there. If they did. They should be using it to make fire. Flour is highly flammable. It's true. That's why there's always there's very commonly explosions in flour storage. I'm surprised that nobody's that nobody in Australia tried to use that since they had flour. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I like this Keith versus Jerry showdown. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. So Jerry, Jerry makes it, and Keith is not having it. Keith is upset, but then. Keith also does a 180 and tries to, like, congratulate Jerry for being smart and making something that is edible. So he he's saving face. Yeah, the lady doth protest too much. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. He's being super passive-aggressive this whole episode. Yes. I, Keith is, besides Michael, which might also be <laughs> what I know about him, Keith might be the least likable person on this season to me. Every time he is, he has a punchable face. He is constantly being <laughs> passive aggressive to his whole tribe. Yep. Um, I don't know why they put up with him. Uh, well, they continue to. And yeah, they have the option to not. And it's, you know, I'm from Michigan. It's bad Michigan representation. <laughs> Michael and Keith, a child, <laughs> a child porn trafficker and Keith. Are from are from my homeland. It just yeah. doesn't feel right. Uh, from what I know about Michigan, listen, <laughs> Michigan is a land of contrasts. No, there there are a wide variety of peoples from many many regions, and one person does not define a place. Two though, two ah, two's a trend. Oh no. <laughs> uh, and then we get to our our big moment of the episode. Beef jerky. Bom, bom, bom. So, Jerry calls out Kel, after already calling out uh, calling out Keith, calls out Kel, 
thinking that he is chewing on beef jerky. Yeah, she says uh, he saw him pull something brown out of his pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> gross. Uh, and chew on it. And everyone kind of goes with her on this. Yeah, everyone immediately jumps on Kel. I mean, Kel is not there at the moment. Mm-hmm. Kel goes on a walk, and then Jerry brings it up to everyone. To which Jerry and and Tina, Jerry and Tina go through Kel's bag mm-hmm. looking for more beef jerky. They don't find any. So it kind of, the show leads you to believe that he... He's innocent, or he had it on his person. Correct, that he's innocent, or he has a bunch of beef jerky stashed somewhere on his person. Yeah. Yeah, and I think going through people's bags is kind of shady. Um, I I was like, okay. Um, But, But I get it. I get it. It does become an important game mechanic later in the show Mm. of going through people's bags Mm. and survivor has the option to say you can't do that but survivor does not want that no i do know that uh when i know that or at least so far we haven't seen any hidden immunity idols that's not a thing yet Mm -hmm. but like when you have those if you like and you're in possession of them like people can't steal them from you correct you you all like if somebody takes it out of your bag it doesn't matter it's still yours yep um but I don't know what you're talking about. I just know that the possession thing with amulets and all that kind of stuff. I mean, same idea is that uh, people if, can't steal from you. People can't take your things, but people can 100% check your bag for whatever reason. Hmm. Uh, it looks shady as hell. Like if, if you get caught going through someone's bag, you're like, what the hell are you doing? <sighs> it, yeah. Uh, so Cal comes back. And they're talking about this very yeah. loudly. So he's he's behind the shelter. They don't know he's there. Yeah. He's up like looking for bait or something, he says. Uh, he can very clearly overhear them. And so Kel comes back and starts trying to defend himself. Like, I, I hear you're talking about me. Uh, you think I have beef jerky? I don't have any beef jerky. Uh, and then tries to clear his name. Kel seems like a bad liar. <laughs> Tries to clear his name by saying that he was chewing on grass, which, okay, let's, let's go down this route. Let's go down this road. I will. I, so one argument they make that I'll throw out is one of the people on the tribes like, how did you not, how did you know it was not poisonous? My brother in Christ, it's grass. It's, it, yeah. Like in this, in this scenario, it's grass. It's he grass. knows what grass looks like. Yeah, we can throw that one out. You're not going to die from grass. Correct. Or... If you see something that is grass-like, you're probably okay. Correct. I know it's Australia. Everything wants to murder you. I think the grass is okay. You're probably fine there. Uh, Two, this is where his, his logic becomes a little problematic. He says he had the grass in his pocket. One, why why is your grass in there? Why are you putting grass in your pocket? You're in nature. Yeah. It's not like you were in the shelter and you're like, oh yeah, I kept this to chew on. No, you're like already looking for bait or whatever you said you were doing. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No. Uh, Jared, what color is grass? Uh, you know, usually green, Stephen. Especially in what we determined to be the spring season of Australia. Yeah. You're not going to have brown grass. Had he have said, oh, sorry, I was chewing on a stick... That would have been a way better excuse. You could have maybe gotten away with that. Would have been kind of weird. Would have been weird, but I've seen people do it. Yeah. It, I mean, you, you're bored out of your mind. You need something to do. Yeah, let's chew on this stick. 
It's a stick. I don't know. And then in response to this, he offers to share his razor. He has three razors and he says, well, the, the women can use one and the guys can use one and we can just like share it. Almost an admission of guilt. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Kel is a bad liar. Yeah. Uh, he, he should have just owned up and been like, yeah, it was one of, I'm assuming it was a personal item. I'm assuming the show knew he had it, if he had it. The food? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. You are not allowed to have oh. food on the show. Oh, yeah, then never mind. Owning up would have been bad. Never mind. No. <laughs> the, I believe it's in the rules of Survivor. Like, they would not let someone bring in food because that skews the way the game plays. It sure does. Yeah, okay. I was thinking that because they've, they've had, like, luxury items this season that are wild that I never would have expected that helped them quite a bit. Like, maybe he was allowed to bring it, but that, you're probably right. Yeah. We'll talk about this at the end of the episode. Okay, okay. Uh, but then post this blow up and everything kind of coming to a screeching halt for Kel, uh, Marilyn feels bad that they went through his bag. Like, tries to get the people to to realize, hey, maybe that wasn't cool. Like, we shouldn't be going through people's bags without their permission. Right. Uh and no one is having it. No. No, and Mitchell's actually the most upset by this. Like, Jerry calls him out, but Mitchell's, like, pissed. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, no, ever, and, like, when when uh, Marilyn suggests that, and I, I like Marilyn. She's very interesting mm-hmm. to me. Um, Mitchell's, like, basically, like, no, fuck you. <laughs> I'm not doing that. If I'm hungry, you should be hungry. Like, absolutely. So, we're all upset. About food and people having food, and the whole episode was about the struggles with food. Yeah, that's a that's now a theme two in a row of the second episode of the season. So it's a perfect time food. to bring in a food challenge. Hey, hey, uh, they, they they get the tree mail, and Kimmy is not having it. Kimmy immediately says, "I'm a vegetarian. I can't do this. Like if they make me eat something with a face, I can't do it." Yes, and. I think the show shouldn't have made her. I agree. I There was plenty of discussing things on that table that kept within her beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a obviously a very strongly held moral conviction for Kimmy. Mm-hmm. If it had been like a religious belief holding her back, they might have been more understanding. But it's 2001, so who knows? There was plenty of ways to accommodate her belief in this challenge that like gross worms and insects that were on the roulette wheel and survivor just didn't even try. Oh no, no. I think they knew what they were doing because that has to be something that is, is asked in, in interviews and like talked about. They were playing in the way that they wanted a reaction. That's probably true for reality TV sakes. They, they wanted her to fail. And to be fair, or to be clear, I don't want them to accommodate uh, things like that in camp life, but you are forced to participate in a challenge. So, like, I know we've seen contestants that are, you know, in 4142, I've seen contestants that uh, are vegetarian that choose to eat meat Mm -hmm. um, because they don't have rice in those seasons and Mm -hmm. they don't want to starve. Yeah. Um, Okay, that's a compromise you made, but you weren't, you weren't being, you weren't letting a whole team down because Survivor refused to make a pretty easy accommodation. Yeah, it's essentially belittling her beliefs. And I get it. Like, it's it's a 
a fringe idea at the time. Sure. There aren't as many people who do it now that did it at the time. But still, it's essentially saying, yeah, we don't believe in what you believe. So you're either going to do it or you're going to lose. And even and even worse, we will put you in a position where you are peer pressured to do it uh, and, and your peers will suffer if you do not. Yeah. I was not a big fan of that. No. And I like meat. So like... Oh yeah, me too. I 100% will be like, that's... that's that's a bad move, Survivor. Ick. But yeah, she says she's not going to do it even before getting there. So I, she's sticking to her convictions, which I will give her credit for. Which from the, you know, an hour that we've known Kimmy, yeah, that makes sense. She'd stick to her convictions. Uh-huh. We get to the Wheel of Food. The Wheel of Food. Wheel of Food. <laughs> ba -da 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 -da. I mixed up my game shows. Oh, yeah. That's fine. Uh... <laughs> Can I buy a condiment? <laughs> yes. Like, buy a vowel? I know I got it. The best jokes are explained. 100%. <laughs> so we show up to the challenge. There is a wheel with, it looks like, eight different sections on it, mm -hmm. which is a little misleading because there are only four separate sections because both sides have to be the same right. to make the challenge work. Jeff explains that they are going to spin the wheel, and whatever it lands on, both people have to eat that. And if one does and one doesn't, then you score a point for your team. Pretty simplistic challenge. Yep. It's essentially the grub one from Borneo, but... But done a lot better. Done a lot better. They're they're figuring out how to make these interesting. Yep. And uh, I've, I've given Survivor, especially, you know, in season one, a lot of shit for making, you know, not, not treating the land that they play on very well. Mm -hmm. They do this very tastefully. Um, I did I did look it up if like uh, Australian Aborigines like this is all stuff that was in their diet. Oh, cool. Um, different tribes and all that kind of stuff, but um, it's like these bugs and and uh, you know sort of using all of the animal. I mean, it was a very quick Google dive, but I I I was you know he framed it in such a way of like yeah this is how the Aborigines lived out here and that was true and it's it was respectful without being like without making it weird. <laughs> Yeah, the one I'm going to throw a wrench in there is I don't know that cows are native to the Australian outback. Oh, well, okay, fair. Uh, which I, is part of the reason why this challenge seems a little like, okay. Yeah, I forgot about the cows. You could have done something else besides cows. Yeah, so these are the things that are, are eaten during this challenge. There is a mangrove worm, a cow brain, a mud whelk, a witchetty grub larva, these what? sound like World of Warcraft yeah, items. They're not real things. What I think was a cricket could have been a locust. They didn't say. It, they didn't say it was some type of. It was some type of bug with pincers. Yeah. Uh, and then trite, which is cow stomach lining. So they have the options to be like, okay, this this is things that you would find out there. But then they they double down with trite and cow brain. And Kimmy lands on the cow brain. Anything else would have been cool for Kimmy, except for the two things from the cow. Yep. So, Survivor. They could have just let her respin. You knew. I mean, yeah. It helps both people, right? Because you're, you're not just spinning for yourself, you're spinning for the other person as well. Mm -hmm. So, like, if she respins and she lands on candy bar, so does the other person that yeah. she's competing against. But also, the wheel is clearly not full. Or, the... They don't fill up all the spots. Everything isn't there at the beginning. Right. They're replacing things. They could have made this 
accessible to someone who didn't want to eat it. I've talked about this long enough. It's just, yeah, it's crazy how many hoops they jump through to make Kimmy look bad. Correct. Um, also, I looked it up. Cows are native to Australia. Oh, cool. Not most of the breeds that, like, uh, British breeds were brought and all sure. of that, but, like, there are cattle that were native to Australia. Sure. <laughs> that's that's fair. I, I forget that, like, th- the way breeding has changed the landscape of animals, especially domestic animals or farm animals. It, there are so many types of animals that we know and love today that look way different in other forms or looked way different in the past. So Ecological diversity is not what it used to be. <laughs> also, on the wheel, sometimes there were good things that you could spin for, including apples and a Snickers bar. It didn't say which candy bar it was, but it, was it, it definitely was a Snickers. <laughs> they could have shoehorned a sponsor in here. Yep, they could have, and they didn't take the opportunity. Oopsie doops. Oops. Uh, yeah, so Kimmy turns down the cow brain. Everyone else eats their stuff. It's typical gross out. Oh, everyone's struggling, but they get it down. Uh, until we get to the trite, which is the essentially the last one. It's or? yeah, it's the yeah, it's the last one. Tina yeah. eats it and Michael goes for his second round because they are uh, down a person. Oh, that's right. I did want to talk about that weird that they make in these early seasons they make someone do twice the work instead of sitting someone out yeah it almost punishes well either way you're punished for yeah. for losing but yeah it's weird it's it's a weird non-balance thing that i thought it just stuck out to me that it's like that's that doesn't make sense to me but okay fine it, it feels harder to make a challenge that way yeah but go off i guess so tina and scoopin eat the stomach and Tina throws it up. So Tina is disqualified, tying it up. So just like we did in the first season, they do the final showdown where the teams pick their opponent. Yep. And of course the two obvious choices are Tina and Kimmy. Yes. You have to. Uh, And they're given a a big ass mangrove worm. Man, that thing looked rough. It was big. Good for that. And I mean, both kind of do it. Yeah. Tina doesn't really finish, I don't think. It doesn't show Tina finishing. Uh, but Kimmy, since it's not a animal with a face, Kimmy just destroys it. Yeah. And Even drops him on the ground and still recovers in time. Yeah. So Kimmy wins. <laughs> that thing looked... I mean, like, I, I... I was thinking of the ones I could get through where I was like, okay, just imagine, like, the grub. I was like, mm-hmm. just imagine, like, okay, it's just, like, fat. And, like, that's it. It's just, like, it's just fat. Just eat it. Um, <laughs> I think the worm and the cricket would have, and the brain, that's most of them. Um, <laughs> the worm, the small section of worm I could have done, the whole worm I don't know if I could have. I would go with the, the method that I use for gross things to drink. For example, your Malort shot that you made me drink. Oh yeah, I... Sponsor of this podcast, Malort. That's not true. Please don't sponsor us, Malort. Please sponsor us, Malort. We'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, where you you throw it back and you try not to let it like linger on your tongue for too long. Mm. Otherwise, then you you taste it. But that doesn't necessarily work with like the cricket thing where you couldn't eat all of it. So yeah. you had to be picky and choosy of what goes in. You got to chew it. You got to chew it. And the, the brain, too, was a little... It looked a little too big to just like throw down the back of your throat. 
yeah, gross. So Kimmy wins. Kimmy wins for Kucha. Yeah, and she killed it. Yeah. Good good redemption arc on that one for yep. a show that the show blew it, but good on you, Kimmy. And then we get to Ogukor and early contenders to be voted off. Jerry, Keith, and Kel. Yeah, and um I kinda knew Ogukor was gonna gonna go to tribal within like ten minutes of the episode starting. They've gotten a little too comfortable with making the tribe that ends up going to tribal the focus of the beginning of the episode interesting interesting yeah. that you say it that way they do it a lot in season one too okay um i have noticed in newer seasons they're a little better about that it is easier with three tribes rather than two true um but yeah we saw a lot more of ogakor in mm-hmm. this episode than we saw of kucha and vice versa last episode yeah it interesting i i gotta keep an eye out for that one yeah that's fun uh we were talking oh, about oh go we ahead we skipped over something i'm sorry sure to go back we need to talk about how michael has made himself the leader of kucha because <laughs> it's so weird because he spends all this time talking to us about how he doesn't want to be leader of the tribe but then he is and then he puts himself in these positions to make himself the leader of the tribe um i guess i'm kind of jumping around a little bit because like, he also catches fish yeah, I know I wrote something down. And I was like, what? Where did I? How did I miss that in my notes? Uh, yeah, Scoobin catches a fish. and Or catches two fish. Two. Yeah. They were good-looking fish, too. Yeah. Like, does a good job. Uh, and then brings it back. They cook it up. They He kind of makes them say a prayer, which already oh, you're man. like, eh, it's kind of iffy. I'd like, say a prayer if you want to say a prayer, but like, don't bring everyone... Don't make everyone do it. Uh, and then in the prayer... Thanks, God, for making him the leader. Which he just told us earlier in the episode he didn't want to be the leader. Yeah. He just wanted to be the provider so he could take a step back from leading and now has a literal God complex. This man is not good at reading the room. No. And just, yeah. The less I I can talk about him, the better at this point. So I hope he goes home early. I'm gonna... You have a nickname for him, so I'm worried. <laughs> <laughs> for scooping? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that there. Okay. Uh, He's the Dirk of this season. Okay. Th- there's a little bit of conversation about who people want to go home. But again, very similar to season one. They they kind of gloss over it. They don't really stick to their guns. There isn't any scrambling. Uh, but I did notice in this section that there are scan lines in the Paramount Plus video so i i don't know what that means to me it it could mean a couple things one that the video was damaged just from like sitting as film for so long Mm -hmm. or when they scanned it to put it on a digital format that they didn't get a good clean edit of that but i feel like someone is supposed to watch for that stuff so they can fix it or two it was just someone's vhs Maybe it was a lost episode. That, I said they lost the archival footage or whatever. Yeah, so Survivor had to be like, does anyone have a copy of this? Let me use it. And it just like <laughs> has scan lines. It's very brief. It only sticks around for about 30 seconds. Man, it hit me with such a wave of nostalgia. Yeah. Though. I was like, oh, huh. suddenly it's 2001 again. Like, <laughs> what happened? Who ruined my tape? <laughs> That, I was waiting for it to actually get recorded over, like it was going to cut to American Idol or something. 
Oh, that's the worst. I I definitely have recorded over, I'm assuming, family home videos with something stupid like Survivor. Thank God you got those 90s, uh, you know, Ninja Turtle cartoons, but not the priceless family memories. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> if there's any, anyone who grew up in the 90s probably has made the, the same mistake at some point, so I'm sorry. We can live in this moment together. <laughs> and then we get to Tribal Council, and Jeff kind of goes after the food idea. Jeff, yeah. Jeff puts Keith on blast, essentially, because he asked them about the, the food and the mm -hmm. rice. And Keith does a good distraction technique, like what he did earlier, saying, yeah, I didn't do my best, but Jerry made this great food. He throws her under the bus immediately. But not even under the bus. He he props her up at, almost as a shield. Like, yeah, I had a fault, but sh uh, Jerry, this person who I have struggled to get along with, has done something better than I have, and I think that's cool. That's fair. I mean, I'm reading too much into, like, the how passive-aggressive he's been the rest of the time. Oh, no, no. Um, he's definitely not doing it because he wants to. <laughs> but a layer of strategy of, like, look, guys, we're friends now. Uh -huh. um, or trying to make her a target of, like, look, she caused it. She stirred this shit up, and I'm sitting here making, you know, making nice. Yeah. And uh, Marilyn Colby... I think a couple other people, like, support his rice, saying it wasn't that bad. Like, it was fine. Food food is food. But they definitely were not having it earlier in the episode, so I don't I don't understand that. Or they all just, just leave Jerry out to die. Yeah. <laughs> and my favorite quote, I forget who says it. Oh, I think it was Marilyn. Where someone says, if it stays down, it's a good meal. <laughs> and then they cut to Tina's face, and Tina looks like she's about to die. Yeah. Um, That's brilliant editing on Survivor's part. Thank you for doing that. Well, I also wrote down, you know, we saw Kel uh, talk about how at his vote, um, when he goes into the, the booth to vote, how he's like, I promised, I think it was Tina and Marilyn, I wouldn't vote for them on day one. And I'm going to keep my promise all the way through the game. And I wrote down, I was like, dude, you're going to have to break your promises eventually. <laughs> like, that's how this works. That's definitely how this works. Um, but Tina just straight up says, like, go like vote me off because jeff says like uh how do you defend you know it's like you're the he doesn't say this exactly but he says something along the lines of like you're the reason we're here how why should people not vote for you like do you have that feeling in your mind that like you know do you want to make a pitch for why people shouldn't vote for you and she's like no you should i lost i lost as the challenge and then jeff immediately goes all right time to vote <laughs> You didn't catch that? I don't. I didn't catch that. I don't remember that at all. So either my brain did a funny thing, or you read into something much deeper than I did. No, I mean Tina wasn't saying like, like yes, please vote me off. Sure, oh, no. but she was like, no, you guys should because I failed. I lost us the challenge. Also reminds me how much how much more challenges are weighted. Yeah. In early Survivor, where like they mean so much to the contestants. I mean, they obviously immunity challenges always mean a lot. Sure, but. They're like letting one bad performance like, nope, you should you should send me home because I screwed up. Yeah. I also think she knows about the bloodbath that's about to happen. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's a hundred percent weighted. Like yep. everyone, every single person votes for Kel. Uh, not all very well, but they all vote for Kel. <laughs> uh, he can't ask people how their names are spelled. <laughs> true. Marilyn quotes Sue. 
Did yes. you catch that? But she says the opposite. Yeah, correct. She, she says, if you were dying of thirst, mm-hmm. I would give you I water. I would give you water. Love this you. Is, best of luck. This isn't personal. Yeah. You just got to go. I think that was a very nice touch. Unnecessary, but a nice touch. Uh, and then also writes his name as Cal. She's been calling him Cal this whole season. And I was waiting for someone to correct her and nobody does. So she writes C-A-L. Mitchell writes Kelly for some reason. I don't, I don't really understand. That might, well, that could be, is that maybe like the longer version of his name and he just goes by Kel? Possibly. Yeah. That might be one where they had to go, go to, go and be like, hey man, did you, is this who you meant? Are you sure? Is this, is this the name you wrote down? If, if that is the name, nobody ever says it at all during the, yeah. the season. So it, it's a possibility. Uh, and Kel votes for Jerry because that makes sense. Sure. Uh, but I found it weird that, Jeff, vote er, as he's doing his thing, uh, that the he reads the last vote. The first person voted out of Ogacore instead of the second person voted off of Survivor Australian Outback. Yeah, that's a small detail I didn't notice. But yeah, that... it's just very strange. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, Cal gone. Uh, how do you think? How do you think Cal does? In Modern Survivor. Cal has no personality. No. The whole time he's talking to them, like, about when he's lying, um, I think, uh, he's, like, an um, automaton. Like, when he's done, he's an automaton. He might have the most monotone voice of any of the contestants we have seen thus far. No, no, no. Kel has a personality. Kel is the exact personality his job requires him to be. Sure. He's a military intelligence officer. Uh, for him to like be the way he is and to be a loner and to be off on his own and to struggle with personal relationships, that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, that's true. Kel, if that is your real name. Oh, fun. Might not be. (laughs) I don't think he'd do well at all. Uh, (laughs) he lies to his tribe right away. He, Mm -hmm. I think we'll find out in a second, sneaks food onto the show. Um, I, yeah, I think he's another one where I'm like, I don't even think you get cast in a modern Survivor. Like, I don't think you have enough, like, everyone in Survivor now has something about them mm-hmm. um, that makes them compelling. There is nothing about Kel that makes him compelling at all. Nothing. He's attractive. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's about it. Um, I don't know why he got picked in the first place, but I... I, I think that they also weighted uh, people's actual ability to survive a little higher than they do now. Sure. Especially for this season. Uh, and being an army, like, intelligence officer and all that, you have that basic training and all of that. Yeah. Um, my protagonist of the episode is Jerry. And I know you're alluding that people really don't like Jerry. I like Jerry quite a bit. My opinion could change. But through two episodes, I'm a big Jerry fan. Put, put your brain in 2000s television watcher mode. People didn't like the way Richard Hatch played the game. Yeah. So people do not like Jerry calling people out and like starting fights all the time and being opinionated and yeah. being a woman. I was going to say, yeah, there's, there's <laughs> definitely some some underlying sexism there because she's calling out things that are worth calling out. Like Keith like was making everyone miserable with his terrible rice. He is, I think in the first episode, they get into a bit of a spat too, because he's talking down to her and belittling her. And she even says like, I don't think he knows that he's doing it, Mm -hmm. but I'm still not going to put up with it. Yes. 
good. <laughs> that's the like you shouldn't just be a you shouldn't just lay down and take abuse. I mean, maybe that's a strong word for that. Um, take mistreatment because the other person doesn't know that they're doing it. You should try to, or you should speak up and try to correct them. So, um, yeah, uh, Jer and Jerry drove the action in this episode. She's the one that calls out, uh, Cal, uh, or Cal, um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, does the, does the most for the tribe. Cool. So there isn't a whole lot of information about Cal. It's not his real name. It's well, <laughs> there, I imagine if, he was still working for the military at the time. You don't want to like put a bunch of information out there about yourself. Yeah. Uh, especially as an intelligence officer, that's probably not, not great. They do. <laughs> so the answer on everyone's, the question on everyone's mind, was it actually beef jerky? Kel to this day denies that he had beef jerky. Okay. The evidence is kind of stacked against him. Okay. People remember him being stopped at customs and checking his person for food, like things that couldn't have been brought into the country. Yeah. People assume that he had it sewn into the lining of his his shorts. Whoa. The, in which case, yeah, brilliant. I, amazing. Every single other cast member says, yeah, he definitely had beef jerky on him or some food so the fact that marilyn believes that and voted against him makes mm -hmm. me believe it yeah because she's like we should apologize to him for going through his bag we don't have any evidence and then within a day does a 180 and it's like bye <laughs> and mitchell's so mad we hear his audio we don't see who he votes for but he's like calls him like a cheat and a liar or something like that um Mitchell's like real heated about it in the confessional <laughs> booth. So yeah, I totally, I totally believe it. Yeah. Here's some quotes. Uh, and for the season's biggest controversy, I do think that Kel had the beef jerky. Just a gut feeling on what I heard and saw. People try to smuggle things in all the time. If you're really good, you can get away with stuff. It's part of the game. I don't know that it's part of the game, but it doesn't feel like part of the game. It doesn't. Uh, that was from Jeff. Jeff quoting that one. Uh, Varner or Probst? Probst. Oh, okay. I will forever... You'll call Varner Varner. Varner is Varner. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and this is Varner in a AMA on Reddit. Kel was totally eating beef jerky. Totally. And here's what, why I know that. One, he got caught in front of all of us smuggling beef jerky into customs in Australia. So he's the one that is claiming customs stopped him. Okay. Uh, we all stood there and watched as dogs and officers took it from his suitcase. Two... Pre-game, his bunk was across from mine in another room, which is weird. I don't hear, I haven't heard anyone talk about bunking in pre-game. Uh, I watched him sew the hem of his shorts one day. He saw me watching him and reached up and closed the door on his bunk. Ha! Suspicious. Three, he tried to smuggle in a second pair of shoes on game day after they had already cleared our bags. So they made us all stop, take everything out, and go through another inspection and made it clear in front of everyone it was because of Kel. Wow. So yes, and then he says he smuggled this expletive, smuggled beef jerky into the hem of his shorts and got caught eating it. Bottom line. So everyone believes that he had the beef jerky. Wow. Yeah, I just, yeah, that's, that's some pretty convincing evidence. Yeah. So regardless, 
it got him eliminated. Yeah. And either he is a bad liar or doesn't know how to interact with humans or doesn't know how to say, no, no, no. Like, here, you can check my per. Like, I have nothing on me. Like, go ahead. Yeah. That's all he had to do. Yeah. And there's probably a good reason he didn't. Exactly. Uh, yeah. He, <sighs> to get caught trying to cheat twice <laughs> they, they might not bunk all the time by the way that might just been because the australia was a crazy long trip to get yeah. there i mean they, they probably had to bunk and then fly them out the next morning yeah. into the middle of nowhere makes sense anything wow. else you want to talk about no uh i like i said i'm liking the start of the season better than last season i i like these contestants better than the last set of contestants um just from a hey they played the game Look at that. Yeah. Although we didn't really get to see a lot of game playing this episode because they're like, hey, we caught that guy cheating. Let's all vote him out. <laughs> That's kind of, uh, is the second boot of every season going to be terrible at the game? Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> First BB, now Kel. Yeah. Oh, BB. Oh, there God. he is. I just look us. over my shoulder and he's right there. I'm <laughs> terrified. Let's end the episode. Yeah. Bumper. So that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I have something for you, Jared, before I, I get too far, because I forgot having a, a guest host on episode one that I was going to make you do this. Okay. You're way too early season two prediction. Who's winning? Uh, Kel. No, I'm kidding, that's obviously. A, that's a bad choice. That's a bad pick. Age like milk. <laughs> um, no, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say... Uh, I'm going to say Varner right now because okay. he, cause in the first episode he gave me Diet Rich. Sure. And I actually think Diet Rich is probably better than <laughs> regular Rich. Um, Do you think, because clearly they have seen season one, if Marilyn is quoting Sue's yeah. finale speech. Do you think because of that, he's going to work himself into a corner or people are going to see that and be like, no, we got to get him. No, I don't think so because he doesn't put himself in a, I mean, he might. I'm not ruling that out, but so far we've seen he's not trying to put himself in any type of leadership position. Okay. He has good reads. Mm -hmm. He's very charismatic, but I think people underestimate him. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Then, uh, the other, my, I would say my other one is Jerry. Okay. Yeah. Very, very diff. Well, I shouldn't say different people. They, they, they are. Jerry puts a big target on her back. Yeah. Um, but I also, she's, she's pretty smart and I think she's pretty good at, making someone else the villain of the tribe i.e kel this episode um and keith the first episode <laughs> you'd be surprised you don't have to be the you don't have to be the most liked person you just have to be the second second least hated that's a good point okay second most hated i i knew what you meant yeah <laughs> anything you want to promote yeah, I promoted it, uh, actually probably the same, probably episode two of our first season, but please register to vote. <laughs> it's so <laughs> soon. It's like a month away. Democracy is in a bad spot. Please do what you can. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jared and I are both going to New York here soon. And Jared, did you know New York Comic Con is the same week we are there? We're not going to that. Says who? My wallet. It, it doesn't look too bad. Like the oh. ticket, a single day ticket is like $65. Oh, it's not bad at all, no. actually. Hey, maybe we're going to that. Hey, <laughs> I have no promotion. I just thought that was interesting. Cool. Thank you all for hanging out with us, sitting through this Survivor episode. And as we say every episode, for my... <laughs> I'm losing my mind. For my co-host, Jared, 
I am Steven. And for my Steven host, I'm Nope. And for I nailed it. You want to try that again? Nope. Okay. Leave it in. We will see you next episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> We're insane.